We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, January 11th, and we'll be talking more about projections, projections, projections are the things that you'll find in Lineup HQ here at Roto Grinders. I mean, that's like the go to screen, the most valuable part of a Roto-Grinders premium subscription is the access to not only our lineup builder, right, but to all of our projections. Now, like, you could obviously, we have screens that have, like, the tables that have all these numbers on it. Like, for instance, if you wanted to, you know, import them into anything that you're doing, right, if you have some process that, you know, pulls CSVs, scrapes, uh, data tables, or anything like that, you can use those. But, Lineup HQ just basically has everything for you to build lineups, as well as, you know, an NBA. You have the minutes, the the, the mean projection, the, own pro, the projected ownership, floor, ceiling, then some of these other columns if you wanted to, to take a look. Obviously, we have, you know, player props and situation, different types, DVA and DVAR and all this other stuff that you can see per player in Lineup HQ. And you can get all of this by signing up to Roto-Grinders. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month combo premium. Got NFL playoffs coming up. PGA is back. MMA is back. The NBA is going on. MLB will be here in April again. All the sports, right? Well, college football is done. College basketball. We got college basketball. Soccer. We got everything for you. So come join us. Join the, you get access to the premium Discord, which includes my channel. Blender's Game Theory channel, and you get to come in and talk to me whenever you want, pretty much. But what are the types of columns there are in Lineup HQ? And if, if you're if you're down if you're down with Lineup HQ, you're down with you're down with what 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 do the rappers say? If you're down with me, you're down with Lineup HQ. It's something. 
Down with OPP, yeah, you know me, or something that's uh, something back in the day. I have no idea. But give the thumbs up, give hit the hit the thumbs up button. What we're talking about. Hit the thumbs up and hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Good morning to all the people in the chat. Like Defect and Wataz and Kickstart and Rob King. Good morning. If you have any questions about anything, you could always post them in the chat. And then we also have uh, you know, submit your questions, right? I can put this up, right? Yeah, there we go. Submit your questions for the for the show. And I cover them, right? Because some people aren't able to be here live, right? Or they're here live and then they may not be here tomorrow or whatever like that. So so email questions at theoryofdfs.com. And all of your topics that you submit, all of your questions will be answered at some point. I typically let let a whole bunch build up on a certain subject and then kind of bang them out. Maybe we'll have a day where I bang out five in, in one day, like a wild card type of day. They're very short questions. But since we're talking about projections this week, primarily, or at least the columns that are in lineup HQ, remember in order, in order to play DFS, well, you need to have a way to turn player names into numbers. Okay. Even if you're doing that in, intuitively in your head, right? You're, you, even if you're like, no, I have none of these numbers and I know sports. Like you you are in your head kind of estimating like names into numbers, but probably extremely bluntly and not and not as well as as not as well as a projection model is going to be able to do it, right? The so human brain isn't designed for that. So there's all these columns we've been talking about, you know, oh, the, the, what, what does the FPTS column mean? That's, the mean projection. What is a mean? What is a median? What's the floor and the ceiling mean? What are percentiles? What is the flip? The floor is the, the 16th percentile or 15th, whatever. Jimino says it's not perfectly one standard deviation above and below, but it's around there. Right? So like 15th and 80, 85th percentiles. What is a percentile? Right? We talked about that yesterday. So tune into the show yesterday for a more more of a more of a statistics like a high school math class but there are other columns in lineup HQ now anything that that involves like the point total and the over under and all this other stuff remember the projections already take that into account so if you're going to say well there is a 60 point projection but the total is x and the matchup is great and what it's a you're double counting you're, you it's redundant it's already in the number it's already in the number. So you don't have to worry about it. You do not have to worry about it at all, right? It's already in the projections. So you could show up for tonight's NBA slate and not know the spreads, the totals. The not, you could know nothing about the games that are actually happening. And it's like, I could even, t- uh, it, we used to have a way that I could turn off the player column. Like just like, I don't even, not even have to show the players. Like you can build lineups like that. Now, obviously, in NBA, we got a lot of questionable people, people on the injury report. The projections will change a ton of times throughout the course of the day. But these are the current ones, right? We don't even have ownership up yet. But in related to the projections, uh, uh, someone emailed in yesterday. I'll keep you anonymous. I'll, I'll, keep the, I'll keep the people that email in anonymous. I don't know, maybe because maybe they think they're dumb questions. And then they're not. Nothing's a dumb question. Well, they're, they're, they're plenty of dumb. But mostly, mostly, we're not here talking about 2v2s, right? 
There's this column called RGV, okay, which I utilize from a viewing perspective. I mean, it's it's related to the numbers, but it it's a signifier. And people ask, what's RGV, which stands for Roto Grinders Value, which I'm not a big fa- I'm not a big fan of just calling it Roto Grinders Value. It actually is something. I think we should just call it by its actual kind of like mathematical equivalent or make it sound at least more mathematically equivalent than this is like, oh, this is the Roto-Grinders value. Like what, what, what does that number mean? What does two mean? What does four mean? What does minus three mean? What, what do they mean? Right? Oh, that's a good play. It's plus five. What, what, what does that mean? Well, what is RGB? Well, remember the goal in DFS and building a lineup. Like, like we're using NBA as an example today. We have eight slots. We want as many points as possible for $50,000 that fit within these positional requirements. That's the that's the game of DFS, right? The first the first way to exploit the field, right? Is to have more expected points on average for your 50k salary than another person, another lineup than your opponent. So if I play if I play a $7,000 player that on average, right, his mean is 40 points, and you play a player that on average for 7K at that same position or whatever is 35 points on average, right, that five-point difference on average, I will win more often. If, that, if we just had lineups with just those those one differences, right? A 7K player for, for that price. I'm expected on average 40 points, right? Mean, 50th percentile. The other person, 30, 35 points. That's their 50th percentile outcome, right? We could we could express that, right? Imagine, right? Imagine a $7,000 player. I'll put it on the screen. One has a mean of 40. One has a mean of 35. So to go with yesterday to understand what that means. Remember, we're talking about mean projections. A picture. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a line, maybe just to just to just to really really hammer in how close these are, but how far away they are. Okay, so let's say 35 guys line looks like this. This is range of outcomes, right? Like this. The 40 is like this, right? That's about the difference, right? Something like that. So the range of outcomes here, like 40 has a, you know, let's like player A, player A, player B, right? So A has a 40-point mean, B has a 35-point mean. So if we take the floor versus ceiling, the 15th and 85th percentiles, like this is what the lines would look like. So where where is 40 on this scale? 40 may be there. But 40 on player B's range of outcomes is like the 55th percentile or 57th percentile. A's 50th percentile is B's 57th percentile. So while B, while A will score 50, 40 points or more 50% of the time. B will score 40 points or more 
43% of the time. That's where his 57th percentile is. Okay, so not like, it's not a guarantee. Like, if you go in, it's like, a, oh, if B beats A, that's like, oh, my God. How did that happen? How did player B beat player A? I thought player A was a better play. Yeah, player A is a better play by like 7% of the time more. That's it. That's it. That's it. Now, over time, if you continually play players that are expected to score more points for their salary and are able to build lineups with a bunch of them in your lineups and spend 50K with the positional restraints, for at least in a cash environment outside of like ownership, right? We're not talking about GPPs where we don't mind sacrificing. You have to see what the efficiency of ownership is, but just in a double up head to head type of setting. You played head to heads against people where your mean, your, your total mean, your lineup's projection is 10 points higher than your opponent's. You're like, you're going to win. You're going to win over time. On any given day, your opponent still has probably. 35, 40, 42% chance, 40% chance of beating you? Still. As long as as long as someone doesn't play injured players, like it's it's very hard to be like a 75% favorite, a three to one favorite over anyone. Literally anyone. It's hard to be a five, it's hard to be a five to one favorite, an 80% favorite. It's hard. Someone would have to play really, really bad lineups. I'm just out. Really, really low projected lineups. I'm, I'm, and I'm talking with someone that spends like 50K in salary or close to it. I'm not talking about button mashers, playing injured players, or leaving 30K on the table, like those types of... Then, then you could have a 98% advantage over some. But as long as you spend 50K in salary, as long as your opponent spends 50K in salary, they're not. you're not going to be typically... I mean, assuming it's not injured players, typically, you're not going to be, maybe, you could be a 65% favorite if they're not using their salary in a in a, in an optimal, mean way, which means that they're overpaying for players. We take a look here. We just organized by salary on this slate, just based on our current projections. Like they're playing Chris Depps for Zingas and DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Kuzma, right? If they, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a look at, like, guys that are in, but, like, project really poorly. If they're playing Emmanuel quickly at 6,400, playing now 27 minutes. Like, 6,400 for a 22 mean projection is is not good. It's not good. So, like, you could fill out your, you know, Bobby Portis at 23 minutes with a 26-point projection. Well, why is Bobby Portis? I thought Bobby Portis is pretty good. Not for 6,500, he's not. He's priced for he's priced for like a 5k player so you're overspending. Right? So I can start plugging in some of these old way overpriced for their for their mean projection into my lineup and spend 50k. But imagine a lineup that spends 50k but has enough points that for most other 50k lineups it's almost like you have an additional 1k or 2k in salary. Like you're playing players that are underpriced for their mean projection. That's the goal, right? We want to get as many points as possible for the least amount of, while filling up all of our salary and our positional constraints. That's our initial 
before we consider any other factors? That's our initial goal. How do we exploit the pricing? Where is there inefficient pricing? Now, you could go through and go, well, is this guy worth this and this guy worth that? And how much should they be worth? Well, we already have a gauge on that. We have a, we have a column here called point per dollar. Okay? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Point per dollar, and more specifically, salary-adjusted value. This is related to the projections without being, like, part of, like, projecting a player. So we take a look here. It's like point per dollar, which means how many points multiplied by the mean. Meaning that, like we see Torian Prince up here, 3,200. He has a point per dollar value of 6.15. Which means you take 3.2K multiplied by 6. That's like, what's his mean? His mean is like 19. 19 divided by 3.2 is about six. So per dollar on a per dollar basis, you're getting six times for every six X for every dollar that you spend on that player. The low end, right? We take a look at poor point per dollar players. Miles McBride is the Chris Duarte is 3K. He's projected for six points. So what's that's two? That's two. Point per dollar of two. Three times two is six, right? Probably wouldn't play that guy, right? Eight minutes, whatever that we have projected. But if we go to a more reasonable range, you're obviously not playing guys all the way at the bottom, but then you take a look and you go, okay, how about Miles Turner? Miles Turner has a projection, mean projection of about 35. He's a salary of 7.1K. Okay, 35 divided by seven is about five, right? Five, his point per dollar is five. Five points per dollar, per thousand dollars, right? Point per dollar. Typically, you're going to be playing high point per dollar players. So you, you, you're you getting more for your buck, right? Bang for your buck, point per dollar. So you'll see that if you like optimize lineups, like if I go in, you know, build what then solve the knapsack problem, build what's the best possible mean projected lineup, right? I'm just going to put two zeros in here. So it'll run. We'll see that 279.95. It's not picking players. Oh, it likes this. Whenever you hear someone say, oh, the, of the lineup base, you likes this guy. Like the, the, HQ doesn't know anything. Doesn't know anything. Just it's just trying just jamming in as many of these FPTS column points in there. That's it. That's it. You change a number or something, you need one point one here, and it could be something different. It's not picking players. Just saying based on these numbers, this is and these positions. Here's how you spend fifty thousand in the most salary efficient way. Getting the highest point per dollar, the highest salary adjusted value. 279.95, 50K. Right there. Holiday, Connaughton, Anderson, Stewart, Gobert, Washington, uh, Giannis, and Shemet. Based on our current, whatever our current projections are, which are probably going to change 40 times by the games tonight. 
Now you go, well, Torian Prince and Jordan Goodwin, they have the highest point per dollar value. Why aren't they in this lineup? Isaiah Stewart's in this lineup. Shemet's in the lineup. You could tell, like you could just look up over here. Right at the because we sorted by the point per dollar column in our projections. We go, well, Stewart's in, Shemet's in, Dwayne Wat well, Dwayne Washington's in, Rudy Gobert is in, Pat Connaughton is in, Kyle Anderson is you can see. Oh wow, a lot of the players that have high point per dollar values end up in a lot of lineups because you're getting more bang for your buck. And why wouldn't you want that? But the highest point per dollar value is Tari and Prince right now. Why isn't he in here? Why, why wouldn't the highest one? Why wouldn't the highest one be in there? Do you have an answer to that? I'll let the chat see if they, they could figure it out. We have some smart people in the chat. How come I just made I just made an optimal mean lineup, which is that's the highest you can get on the mean projection twenty seven two seventy nine point nine five, and apparently uh, apparently based on, uh, our ownership is stuck on uh, Dwayne Washington being seventy three percent owned and everyone being zero percent owned, so that's obviously wrong. I hope everyone else is zero percent owned. I'll just own someone and probably win a GPP. So a lot of people will talk about point per dollar. Oh, I, I'm going to play the best point per dollar players. Why Why is there a flaw in just thinking in terms of point per dollar? Some people, Matt Kajeski says lineups, not players. That's correct also. That's related to it. Defix says it doesn't score enough gross points. That's That's more of the reason. There's an opportunity cost to every slot in your lineup. Right? There's an opportunity cost. There's eight eight in NBA we're looking at. This could be in any sport. I'm just using NBA as an example. There's an opportunity cost to using a player in your lineup. Once you use a player in your lineup, you only have seven slots left. And you have the ability to spend up to fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand salary. So let's say I used the top point per dollar plays. Right. I use Tari and Prince, right? I use Jordan Goodwin, right? Just based on 6.02, got to use him, right? So I'm putting him in. Isaiah Stewart, Longy Shamet, Landry, right? Fit him in, right? As long as it fills your positional requirement, we'll just go down the list, right? Dwayne Washington, right? Do we got to set? We got Gobert at center, right? We got uh, Dyson Daniels, right? He's, he's 5.78. He's even higher. We got a utility position, Pat Connaughton. I'm using the highest point per dollar, literally the eight highest point per dollar plays. You can see on the sidebar, it comes out, right? Here you go. I'm using the highest point per dollar. Boy, I'm I'm getting tons of points for my dollar, right? I'm going to win this thing. I'm getting tons of points for my dollar. Play Goodwin, Shemette, Prince, Stewart, Gobert, Washington, Daniels, Connington. Run me down. No one's going to beat me. I'm getting the best point per dollar. I'm getting all of them in my lineup. Then you look at the projection. Remember, the projection of the other lineup, that the optimal mean was 279. 
Okay. This lineup that you're going to jam in with all the best point per dollar plays is uh, 206. Pretty damn low. It's very significantly lower, right? Kind of a trying to sacrifice. You're sacrificing like what? 73 mean fought points. Like this lineup is awful. This lineup is objectively awful. It also only spends 35,000 in salary. So you're saying that I'd rather get in Dyson Daniels, right? Because look, we have Dyson Daniels in here because he, he has a 5.78 point per dollar. He's like the, the, the on this, the sixth highest here. You're choosing because you're getting a great, you're getting the greatest bang for 3.1K you can. And, it, and you're going to play him instead of Giannis. Now the dumb people may go, well, I'm looking at Giannis. Giannis. You know, this is only 5.13 point per dollar. Like, isn't that low? I see tons of people. 5.6, 5.7, 5.5, 5. 5.4. Why am I playing Giannis at 5.13? Only five. I'm only getting five, five points for the dollar. That's it. Yeah, but he's 11.8K. He projects for 60 points. So you're telling me you'd rather have Daniels because you have 15,000 left on the table. You'd rather have Daniels, 17.92 points. You have the spot. You could fit Giannis there. You could fit him there. You could take him out. And you could take Giannis's raw points, $5, five points per his almost 12K, and put him in there. Okay, there you go. Okay. Wow, now your line is way better. 248.60, still pretty crap compared to the 279 first one. And here you're only spending 40, 43700 You're still leaving, what, 6300 on the table? But I'm playing the highest point per dollar plays. So you're looking, it's like, oh, you're, so you're playing my Pat, Pat Connington. You're prioritizing Pat Connington's 20 points for 3.5K, which is 5.72 point per dollar. Torian Prince, the highest one, right? Torian Prince is sitting here at the highest point per dollar value, right? 20 points. What, 19.68 for 3,200? Yippee. Okay, great. But it's still only 20 points. Why am I leaving? Why am I leaving 6K on the salary to play him? When I could just take him out, I have like, now I have $9,500 to spend, and I can just get more raw points in my lineup. Where where can I spend? I can spend, I can play Jalen Brown instead, right? It fits into that spot. Bang! There you go. Two seventy-two. Now, okay. Now, now we're now we're talking. This lineup's two seventy-two point nine three. It spends forty-nine nine in salary. Yeah, it's seven points lower than the first lineup. But I mean, now at least now we're now at least we're in the realm. We're in the realm of a line, a realm of something playable, right? But it doesn't have what Jalen Brown's point per dollar is only four point six eight. Yeah, but it's 44 points. You have the room. Do you want Jalen Brown's 44 points on average or Torian Prince's 20 points on average? You have the space to do it. You still need to score points. Who cares that it's not the best bang for your buck? For the lineup, you, now you're getting real. Some of your spots will have high point per dollar values. And some of your spots will just be, I just need points in those spots. 
There's going to be points. Rather than, what, am I going to leave 10K on the table and not get points? So, yes, like Matt Kujewski says, it's about lineups, not players, right? Most likely, you're not playing all the top point-per-dollar values because there's an opportunity cost in having in a lineup spot. In NFL, you're not going, oh, I'm going to play three 3K receivers. I'm going to play three 3K receivers and the cheapest defense and a, and a, and a 5K quarterback because it's the highest point-per-dollar value. I'm going to play a $4,800 running back. Like you have no, like you have all the money in the world. You're going to be sitting there with a lineup that has like at least 16,000 on the table. And you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to play Khalif Raymond at 3K over like Justin Jefferson because Justin Jefferson doesn't have the best point per dollar value. Point per dollar isn't the be all end all. Now you see when we, when we built the optimal, right? Which the, Lineup HQ does for us based on the current projections. And if he, if he changed the projections, you can change whatever you want. Right? Solves the knapsack problem. 279.95. It's still probably, we saw, look, it contains Isaiah Stewart, Shemette, Washington, Gobert, Connington, Anderson. It typically contains good point per dollar values towards the top. Not all of them. The ones that fit the the certain amount of points at the certain positions that makes it so they could jam in as many of these median or mean fantasy points into that lineup. So point per dollar value point per well point per dollar value doesn't like mean as much as you think it means. Well, how do we know? How do we know? Why, 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 why is it playing Stewart? Why is Stewart fitting in this lineup? Why is Shemet fitting in this lineup? Why is Washington fitting in this lineup? And why is Gobert fitting in this lineup? But not Torian Prince. But not Dyson Daniels. If you look on the screen, if you're paying close enough, I don't know if I have to zoom in. These players have high RGVs. Higher RGVs for the salary. Right? RGV. Rotor grinders value. I, I still, I don't, I don't like the fact that we call it RGV. It should be called salary adjusted value plus minus. That's what it should be called. That's what you should be thinking of it as. Okay. So what is salary adjusted value? Salary adjusted value is similar to point per dollar value, but it needs to take into account the salary of the player. Right. So point per dollar is just, yeah, if a 3K player projects for 30, that's 10X. A 3K player projects for 15, that's 5X. Right, but there's a big difference between the 3K player projecting for 15 and projecting for 30. The same way that, let's say, for instance, I'm going to bring this back up. Right, let's get rid of let's get rid of this. But let's say we have a player. I'm going to put it on the screen that is uh, 10,000. He's a 10K player, $10,000 player. Right, and then we have a Let's just say a 3K player, right? I'll use the extreme example. Okay. Let's say this guy's projection is median, mean-wise, 50 points, right? So that would be 5X, 5 point per dollar, right? This guy had a 5 point per dollar, 5X. It would be a 15-point projection. Are these two players equal? 
No, they're not. The 3K player that only scores 15 on average is worth way, way less than to you because of it takes up a spot in your lineup. A 10K player that scores 5X is worth way more than you. The only reason you, you wouldn't be able to play one over the other is only due to salary. So from a salary expe- expectation, from point per dollar purposes, like they're not the same. They're the same. They're the same. You're getting the same amount of points per dollar, but from a salary adjusted perspective, the 10K player is worth way more than you. It's worth way more to you. What happens if, if this 3K player had a 6X speed, right? His projection was 18. Well, now the, now the 3K player, worth well worth it to you. Probably not either. I'm still prioritizing having the 10K player over the 3K player. Even though, the, well, the 3K player will give you six points per dollar. I can jam that in. I can get two studs, right? I can play two 10K players. I can play two of these guys, right? I can play these two guys. They're both at both at 10K. They both get 5X on average as a mean projection. And I'll be able to jam in this 3K guy that on average gets 18 points. Still probably not good enough. It's still probably not good enough for 3K. 5X is probably good enough for 10K. Maybe not for GPPs, but I mean, close. But 3K for eight, it's it's not good enough. Well, what if his projection was 21? 7X. Is that going to be good enough? Are you getting there? It's still only 21 points, right? I could find, I could find plenty of players that score 20 plus points. They're probably, they're probably more like 4K. 4,500, but I can, I can, I can find, I can find those guys, right? I can find a 5k guy that scores about 30 points, the 6x projection. I can find that guy. I can, if I, if I have the salary and I have the spots, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the 5k guy, right? The 10k guy, like imagine the 10k guy with a 7x projection, 70 median, like that would be amazing. Dude, I'm going to play that guy all the time because not only is his raw points high, his point per dollar is ridiculous also. So, yeah, that guy would be ridiculous. Like, he'd be high-owned. You'd, you'd be jamming that guy in. But as you go up in salary, the multiplier, the point per dollar multiplier is going to go down. You're going to get more of a spread like this. You're going to get more of something that looks kind of like K player, 7K player that projects for something that uh, seven times five, something said 35, 5X, you know, something like this. All right, this is the point for this last one is the point per dollar column. So if you just sorted by point per dollar, you'd be like, well, you're going to find a lot of cheap people that, from a mean perspective, the average, Give you more bang for the buck, but it's still not that many raw points. So that's why we need to adjust for salary. And how do we adjust for salary? Well, we need to we need to assign or come up with or estimate, or you do it yourself. It does no it's add a constant. We basically have to add a constant to judge it against. So in NBA, you can, it could be whatever, this, this constant could be whatever. 
that you're judging against to get the salary adjusted value. You could say it's 12. I could say it's five. I, I could do 4X plus five. You could do 5X plus 10. You could do 6X plus two. You could do whatever the hell you want. Just so you can have a baseline on how to judge players at certain salaries. So you're not overweighting these cheap players with high point per dollar values. And you're not underweighting high price guys with a lot of raw points, but not as much point per dollar. Because they're, they're worth it in your lineup. So like in basketball, a lot of times, and also it could be adjusted for the slate. So if this is the if this is the point per dollar value, right? The point per dollar value is 5x. Let me move this up here. We get columns. Point per dollar, right? What's salary adjusted value? Plus, minus. How, how are we going to get that number? Okay. All right. Well, we want to compare it where we're going to say that a player's expectation at a certain salary, at salaries, should be 5x plus 10. Something like that. Or 4x plus, let's just say for this, just because it's on the screen, 4x plus 10. 4x plus 10. Or 4x plus, probably 4x plus 15 even let's say we just say 4x plus 15 which means we need to, what's the salary 10k 10 times 4 is 40 plus 15 is 55 so we're saying that a 10k player salary adjusted expectation to hit our baseline is 55 okay just that it could be, this could be 5X plus 10. It could be whatever, but come up with something that needs a, you need a constant of what you're looking for. Use it for whatever you think of making value. How, if you had a 10K player, what would you be happy with? If the answer is 70 points, then go by that, but you have to add the constant. So it'd be 6X plus 10. If that's, you wouldn't be happy with anything other than 70 points. You're not going to find many, many players that have a salary adjusted plus value, but I mean, it's something that it's a baseline. It's all going to be relative to other players anyway. So let's say you do 4x plus 15. You do 5x plus 10. I think that's the most common one in NBA. So I'm going to take out the second 10k guy. Okay. So now if we do 5 4x plus 15 for the 7k player. Okay. So what's 4x 4 times 7? It's 28. 28 plus 15. Yeah, maybe we made this too high. Let's 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 do 4x plus 10. Only only so I can show at least some positive values. So 4x plus 10 right here for the 10k player would be 50. Right? 4x 7 times 4 is 38. Right? 7 times 4 is 28 plus 10 is 38. Right? So 38. This would be the expectation at 4x plus 10, right? We're not going to worry about the player yet. So at 5K, what would it be? 5 times 4 is 20, plus 10 is 30. So the expectation, salary-adjusted expectation should be 30. 3K times 4. 3 times 4 is 12, plus 10 is 22, okay? What we're saying is that 
any 10K player, no matter what the price or whatever, what the, the mean project, whatever projection it is, we're setting a baseline at 4X plus 10, 50 for all the players. So a 7K player has an expectation, should have an expectation of a mean of 38. A 5K player should have the expectation, salary adjusted, of a mean of 30. A 3K player, that baseline, we want to adjust it for every salary so we can judge all the players similarly, regardless of their salary. We are adjusting for salary. So now that we did that, we have the salary adjusted plus minus. So how many points on average, right, the mean, compared to this baseline is this player. So let's say the 10K player was 50, had a 52-point projection, mean. Remember, we're talking about, whenever we say projection, we're talking about the mean, the middle, right, the average. So if this 10K player had a 52-point projection, our baseline for what we expect for a, 50, a 10K player is 50. So their salary adjusted plus minus is two. They project for two points higher than they should be for a 10K player. The 7K player projects for 35. Our expectation are what we consider making value, which could be whatever baseline you want to use. We have 4X plus 10 here. 38. That's our baseline. 38. We we expect the 7K player on average to score 38 points. Well, he projects for 35. That means his salary adjusted value is minus three. If you were comparing this 7K player to another 7K player or another 5K player or whatever, that this salary, you're you're getting three less points on average for that salary for a 7K player. This 5K player. Okay, let's say this 5K player projected for 32. Those expectations, let's, let's, uh, or even 31. What's the, what's the baseline? 30 points. He projects for 31. So his salary adjusted plus minus is plus one. But let's just say, let's say it's plus two, right? So I can make a point. But let's say his projection was 32. Baseline, Expectation was 30, so he's plus 2. Does that make this 10K player and 5K player equal? They're both at plus 2. No, actually, the 5K player is a little bit more valuable. Right? Because percentage-wise, in comparison, a 10K player that's expected to score two more points on average than the baseline well, 5K player scored two more points above the baseline. It's like, it should be four, right? I mean, like, you understand what I mean? Like, although they're both plus two, the 5K player is worth more, especially if there are other, if there are 5K players that don't have a plus two. A 10K player with a plus two, there may be another guy with a plus one. What's the difference between a 51 and a 51 52 and a 51 point projection. Like as you go down in salary, the va- the values of of having a higher plus minus go up. 
So now how about this? How about this guy? This guy has a 7x projection. Remember, this 3K guy, 21 points. 7x point per dollar. Got to play him, right? But we set our baseline as 4x plus 10, which is 22. So this guy actually has a negative salary-adjusted value, plus minus. So we can make everything fair, everything even, everything adjusted for salary. We need to create this baseline. What is the baseline? So now we can judge all players equally to each other and what they provide to our lineups over other players of that salary or of other salaries. We need to adjust for salary, hence the term salary-adjusted value. That's why in lineup HQ, I'd rather it be called SAV, if anything, and not RG value, right? And you can even see in the description, Roto-Grinders value. You cover over it on lineup HQ. Projected points over or under the Roto-Grinders implied value threshold. The implied value threshold, 4X plus 10, whatever, 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 the, whatever RG is using on that slate. So when you look at this column, that's what the RGV column is. Look, we could, say, we could go by salary, right? Right? Jason Tatum, right, projects for 50 points, which is a half a point lower than what a 10.8K player should be, the baseline. Christoph Porzingis, 9,600. He still projects for 42. It's not like he's not going to score a lot of points. But his median projection or mean projection is three points lower. It should be 45. Right? If he was a nine at any, the average $9,600 player, we expect a 95, uh, a 45 point projection, but he's only at 42. So that's why the minus three. Anthony Edwards, 2.39 plus 2.39. Does that make him a good play? No, it just means that he projects for 46 and a $9,100 player, his expectation should be 44. So it's plus two. That's what the RGB column is. So you'll notice that when you build lineups, the players that have higher RGV values that could fit in lineups are typically going to be there. That. If you sort by the RGB column, if you're playing cash games, especially, and you want to know who the best plays are, even if you're playing GPPs, I mean, you'll find that when you sort by the RGB column, you'll, that you'll also notice, wow, these guys are also high-owned. Right? That'll most likely happen. If you want to know the best plays, you want to show up five minutes before a slate. You're like, I have no idea what's going on with the NBA tonight. I just want to make a lineup to sweat. I'm going to play a head-to-head against my buddy. That's it. That's all you're doing. Load up lineup HQ. Sort by this RGV column. And then there you go. Anything that shows up in frame. Those are the best plays. Now, can you get Gobert and Jokic in the same lineup together? Probably not because they're both expensive. So even if you're not coming and like, oh, what's the knapsack problem, optimal, whatever like that, which you could, there's probably, there's probably 20 lineups within one point of each other. But if you just simply want to know, like, what were the best plays today? Well, here you go. Here are the best plays. 
Done. It's done. Right? We already turned player names into numbers. We do that for you here. We do that here at Rotor Grinders. You know, who's the best Who's the best value for my lineup? Not who's the best point per dollar value, but who's the best salary adjusted value for my lineups? Well, just sort by the RGB column, which should be called the salary adjusted value plus minus column. And there you go. Now, does that mean that a poor RGV player can't do well? It's like, no, they still have ceilings. Jason Tate, like, if we take a look at the difference between Giannis, I mean, that's a slightly even different price range, right? So let's say uh, uh, Morant and Young, they're both point guards, right? Like Morant, plus 0.68, which means he projects for like 49 but a player at 10-3 should be like, his expectation should be like 48. Then Trey Young is 9,900 at 46 point projection. And he's like a quarter of a point below the expected line. That means that Trey Young is going to be awful today. No, that doesn't mean anything. That's that's the median. That's the middle, right? Some guy is plus one and another guy is minus one. You know what the difference between Jalen Brown we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And uh, and Trey, uh, Jalen Brown and Anthony Edwards, I'm trying to compare the two. Jalen Brown minus 109. Anthony Edwards plus 239, which actually makes Edwards higher projected than Brown for lower salary. And you go, well, then Edwards is easily a better play than Jalen Brown. That's what people would say. Got to play Edwards over. If I had a choice between, if someone asked me, 1v1, Edwards or Brown. This is why this is why these questions are dumb. It's like, well, projection, well, Edwards projects better. If you're not considering ownership or anything like that, you know, any other factors, like, well, Edwards is, I don't play Edwards over Brown. Then Edwards goes out and scores X amount of points, and Jalen Brown outscores him by two points. You come back and you go, I thought you said Edwards is better than Brown. He said, on average, the difference between their projections is two points. It's two points. Yes. Well, you know what that means when the difference is two points? Anthony Edwards breeds Jalen Brown in fantasy points like 52% of the time. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. We're comparing mean, 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 mean 
intermediate middle average on average. We played this out a million times. Edwards, based on our model at the current projection point, will beat out Jalen Brown 52% of the time. Something like that. But Anthony Edwards is plus 239 RGV. But Jalen Brown is minus 109 RGV. Yeah, those are based on average. There's no way that anyone can say that Anthony Edwards is a significant. Oh my God, I can't believe you're playing Jalen Brown over Anthony Edwards. I mean, like, if you're coming into thinking psychologically that way, of like, well, like, I can't give up two points projection, even in my head to headline. Like, dude, it's a basket. It's two points. It's it's a rebound. It's barely it's a barely over a rebound. We talked about variance. We talked about the range of outcomes. We didn't talk about variance technically, right? Well, we technically talked about variance without without saying variance. But we talked about oh, these range of outcomes look like they're so wide. They're so wide, even within one standard deviation. So if you're looking at the RGB column, you go, "I go, it's what if someone's minus two? I can't play him." That that doesn't. Of course you can. You can. It's still raw points. Like, I can't, I, I'm just going to sort by RGV and play no one that's minus. Well, you're going to miss out on a lot of good players, right? I can't play, I can't play Trey Young today because he's minus 0.29. His expectation for 9,900 is a quarter of a point lower than it should be. But CJ McCollum got to play him because he's plus 1.41. The difference between the two, that's an assist. It's one single assist, right? And they have similar ceilings. So there will be occasions where some guy's RGV or salary adjusted plus minus is way high. That's typically the scenario where some guy like 4K projects for 40 points. You know, like even at four, I thought, yes, yes, the RGV 12. Or, you know, yeah, okay. Which means on average, you're sacrificing that, that amount of points by not having it. So this is how you use that column. This is how you use lineup HQ. I mean, look, just simply by viewing this stuff, even if you're building one lineup, you're building three lineups by hand. You're not even using the you're not even using the lineup builder. Just you're just saying, okay, I want to see the projections update, right? To let you know, 530 injury report, NBA, it could be any all the sports, NFL, anything. You see that you we see the update. We have the update times on all of us, you know, the ownership on the projections. You obviously you can bring your own in, right? Even if you upload your own, we're gonna compare it to the to the threshold value. And give you an RGV, give you a salary adjusted value plus minus. Even if you put in your own projection, if you change the projections, it'll change this column. So you could do that, but you could just come here and go based on our projections. What what players are my more likely to get into lineups than not? Well, the ones that have positive expectation for the salary, more more than that. But depending on how many players are able to do that, you may have a position where there aren't many. Like we 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 ran this, right? And what do we have? Pat Connington was like minus one point seven four, but he's in this this optimal lineup. Yeah, well, you needed a small forward to fill it just from a positional requirement to fit everyone in to fit Giannis and Stewart and Shamet and Gobert and Anderson and Washington and Holiday, right? Like Connington has enough raw points and he fits. He happens to fit the spot that we need positionally. And there you go. Even though he's minus 1.71, he's still in this line. 
So does have any, anyone have any questions in the YouTube chat about salary adjusted value compared to point per dollar value? So I get this question a lot. I get I I get what does RGV mean a lot. We we get that in the NBA chat here. We get that a lot. Well, what does that mean? And then people or they think it means we tell them what it means and they don't like, oh, I'm just gonna play guys with high RGVs. Like in general, that's probably not that bad of an idea, but it's not just that. I mean, you, you're probably gonna be playing guys with minus RGBs, right? I'm gonna play guys with high point per dollar value and add high RG. Okay, that these are probably the most owned players on the slate. So how are you getting different? Right now, you have to compare that to ownership, which we didn't even talk about. Right, we're just talking about what it means in more of a head-to-head cash game type of environment. Just so you could weigh the projection against it. Because people take it away too way too far. They think they just have to sort. I'm going to go game by game and get rid of like, oh, anyone under one, I'm getting rid of. On certain slates, I may actually not, and, and, and you're not far away. You just never played anyone that was negative. On large slates, I guess. But also, you're, you're, you're probably missing on low on plays. Because if you're just like, oh, I'm only playing the high, high salary ju- value adjusted players that, Good luck playing all 25% players in your line. I mean, like, those are the best plays. Those, I mean, like, <laughs> it's not that hard. That's why I said, like, when you tune into crunch time, right? NBA crunch time. We have grinders live later today, right? Crunch time, right after that, right before lock. Like, if you never listen to that show or you've never used lineup HQ, well, listen to that show. Listen, let, listen to Andy. Right, read his core plays, his core plays article on NBA, which is a part of premium. So click on that link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month. You'll notice it'll go okay. Let me let me just go let me go to lineup HQ and take a look at like the guys that have like the highest RGVs, the highest salary adjusted value plus minuses. And you look and you see some of these guys, and then go to Andy's core plays article. Oh my God, it's almost like it's the same people. It's almost like it's the same people. Now, Andy will obviously give you a lot of reasoning behind it and a lot of context or anything. But if you kind of want the cliff notes, if you want the cliff notes, you just go to line of HQ and just sort by that column. Here are the best plays. Feel free to go build, go off and build whatever you want. Right? The difference in time is that it, this only takes two seconds. So if you if you want to, hey, I read Andy's article when I play NBA. I do, right? But I also, a lot of times, I don't have anything to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, okay, I want to read Andy's stuff. I cheese, right, during MLB season. I read I read the million-dollar musings every day that I play MLB. I read every single day. But you could also just go to our projections and sort by the, sort by the column. And here are the pitchers. Here are the hitters. Here are the stacks. There you go. I could do that in about four seconds, right? I could. But I read I read it. Also, I read it because of jokes. Some of the jokes. Dave puts in some jokes in there. Makes it interesting. But he gives you the context. So, like, how I always describe it as, here are the cliff notes, are the numbers. Like, if you just want to go by the numbers and you don't even know have to know anything about the sport, pretty much, you could just go right to line up HQ and here are the projections. And sort the numbers out 
be better at at sore at arranging the numbers better than your opponents. But if you want an explanation, if you want a context on the projections, that's what you read the articles for. You go, I don't get why this guy projects for this well. There must be something going on. Well, Andy will tell you in NBA. Jeeves will tell you in MLB. Why is this pro- how why is this garbage pitcher projecting so much better than I should have expected? If you go into the article, Jesus is probably going to tell you that so and so is not going to be in the other in the, the opponent's lineups. Their strikeout rate is 27.8% to left-handed pitching, right? The wind is blowing in and the whatever. You'll get all that content. It'll explain the projections to you. So if you want that, you got it. You don't need it. And if you didn't even have, if you let's say for some odd reason you didn't have lineup HQ, and you were able to read Andy's core plays article, like you'd get you'd get that information also. These are the best. I mean, they're going to be the highest owned plays also. So they're one and the same. They work together, right? Some people, like I said with with this show, some people are immersive learners. I'm that type. I so you tell me. I could learn something. There's 300 episodes of, I'm starting with episode one, episode two, episode three. I'm binging and I'm watching it 12 hours a day for the next like two months. Some people aren't that. Some people need the clip notes. Some people need a bit of both. So if you're the type of person that isn't comfortable just blindly taking numbers and arranging them, and you need context, and you need kind of that sports. Like, I, I'm in this, no, not fully for, for just to make a profit, which is, that's what the goal of this show is, to teach you to become a good DFS player, a better DFS player. And that the, the scoreboard of good or better or everything is, is, is ROI, is profit. Not even raw profit, but just being a winning player. That your expectation is you put money in, and at the end of the year, you have more money than you started with, right? That's how we're judging it. Not who knows the most about sports. Just who makes the most money on average for the dollars that you spent? Something like that. So if your goal is aligned with that, then maybe you can just, I don't, I, dude, I could show up for any slate, not know anything what's going on. We do all the work for you as far as turning the player names into numbers. Your job is to arrange the numbers. Good, done. But if you're the type that likes to be immersed in sports and you enjoy like the nuances of that, yeah, we have tons of content. We have tons of free content as well as premium content for that. So if you're sitting there at five o'clock going, yeah, I'm waiting for the injury report to come out. Like we have our premium articles. We have the the, the grind down, displays all the matchups on an NBA slate. We have all of that. You can read it. Are you going to get anything out of that that you couldn't get out of the numbers? Well, you, some, sometimes you can. Sometimes you, sometimes you may get some like fragility situations where like we're projecting a guy for X amount of minutes, but we're not sure about the starting lineup yet. This 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 may change. Like we think that this guy starts and plays twenty six minutes. But then the other guy comes in and gets more usage or something like this. Some type of situation where it's a little bit fragile. 
Like maybe you'd want to know that before just like going in and going, oh yeah, this guy's going to get 32 minutes. It's like, well, it could be somewhere between like 26 and 34, depending on if they run this guy or run that guy. That's what's going to be in in our content, in our, on our shows. You watch Grinders Live, you watch Crunch Time, in our articles, our premium content, all of that type of stuff. The context. So if you want to get the context, watch all the shows, read all the articles. If you don't need the context, don't care about the context, don't think you need it. The projections will be updated. Once starting lineups start coming out for baseball or basketball, they'll start, the projections will be updated anyway. And you just arrange the numbers. Arrange the numbers better than your opponents. But you need to know what the numbers mean, right? You need to know what the numbers mean. And that's why today, go through the difference between point per dollar value versus salary adjusted value. They are two different things. They're kind of related. They're kind of related. But not exactly. So a lot of people use the term interchangeable. A lot of times people just simply use point per dollar. Oh, point per dollar. What's the best point per dollar play? Is that what you really need? Torian Prince. Is that is that what you're looking for? Probably someone that you're not playing in your lineup, even though he's technically based on the math, based on the numbers, and the best point per dollar play. Wouldn't be bad in your lineup. But he probably doesn't conform as much to because you're not getting enough points for his salary. You really should be asking what are who are the top salary adjusted value players on the slate? Like that, that would that would be a much better, right? Then you'd start saying Giannis, Gobert, Jokic, Stewart, Brunson, Holiday. Then you then you'd then you'd be there. You wouldn't get many cheapies, right? But you'd get like the best salary adjusted value players. That's what you kind of look. That's that's the basis of what you're building a 50k lineup around. You're not building eight players at 3k. You're only using 3k players if you need to, or they project well enough. They have to project at like 30 points in order to be worth it. In most scenarios, MJC says so. Stay away from guys that aren't really projected to hit at least five x, even at three at three k. Well, 5X at 3K is only 15 points. That's horrible. No, 5X at 3K is nothing. I don't care about those. Those plays are horrible. Especially in GPP, right? 15 points. Now, obviously, on shorter slates, on two-game slates, there's not much. Obviously, you have to pick people, and there's not many people to choose from, right? So you can probably maybe be picking people that project on average at 15. When a slate like tonight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like whatever. Why are you playing a guy that only you want to fill a spot with only 15 points? Dude, you need to aim for 25, 30, you're like at least every spot in your lineup or something. Very rare. Aiming for 5x for a 3K player is worth it. In GPP, especially. But the the main thing about your question, MJC, is you're still not thinking about DFS correctly. Why is that? Someone in the chat could tell me, right? So I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to go all, all ape shit. MJC, the exact, he exactly asked how. Uh, so st- he said, stay away from guys that aren't really projected to hit at least five x, even at three k. 
Why does that statement say that MJC still does not view DFS correctly? Matt Kajewski, maybe could, if he's still here, he could chime in. The reason is you're staying, stay away from guys. You're like, you're, you're, you're playing lineups. You're not playing players. You're playing lineups. You're not playing players. Put it, put a note, put a notepad. MJC, put it on your phone. Make it go off every hour, right? That Siri or whatever says it. Put note, little note cards on your computer, right? Put note cards everywhere. You are never playing players. Never in DFS. You're never playing players. You're always playing lineups. Once you make this, once you understand that, once you fully grasp that concept and all the variables, the contextual variables that go within that, you will become a very good DFS player. And then you will also see that 98% of the questions that you have ever asked about DFS, you will look at yourself and go, how is that guy that stupid? Okay? There's not, I'm not, I'm not meaning to, I'm not insulting you. I'm trying to help you and saying what you're going to think in the future. You're going to look at your past self and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be embarrassed. I mean, it's literally going to feel like that. It's going to feel like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like, you, you feel like how, like it, you, you will feel like you, you, you went into the middle of a crowd and you pull down your pants and you took a dump just in the middle of a public restaurant and just said, I'm just going to pull up my, I'm going to poop. And everyone is looking at you. You're going to feel like that. Once, once you figure it out, you're going to feel and go, Oh my God. I was that bad. You got, you'll almost feel like you can't even fathom even being that stupid. Like that's how different it feels. So don't think in terms of players. We're not playing. Yes. If we're playing pick one player, then that's the lineup, right? I could play any player in the entire player pool in a plus EV lineup. Right? So stay away from guys. Doesn't that... I could play any play. I could go to the worst player on the slate. Will Barton projects for two points. Okay. Now this is going to have to be a large field GPP lineup. He projects for two points at three K. He projects for one, like a, a, a who minus 17 RGB. I'm going to click the optimize button. 262.91. Okay. So if I play Barton with Brunson, Prince, Stewart, Gobert, Shemet, Giannis, and Sengun, Based on our current projections, it's a 262 lineup. The optimal is 279. So it's like it's only 17 points lower, 16 points lower. These guys are probably also going to be higher own. I mean, like, it's going to be one of these type of things where I could probably still, ca- I may even be able to cast it. Like, is this the, is this the game Will Barton, co- this Will, this Will Barton comes and plays more than two minutes and comes, you know, whatever. I don't, I have no idea. It relies on that. It relies on all the chalk doing well and Will Barton having some career game coming into the rotation that he's probably not even in. But it's still a 262 project. Like, I, this is not that great of a lineup, right? 
but it's not a bad line. I could I could take any player and do that. I took the literally the worst player, salary adjusted value on the entire slate, and this lineup may still be in large field GP. May I'm using may a very I'm using a very exaggerated example. May still be positive expected value. May now this is a little bit extreme because he's the lowest, but let's 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 go with someone that may actually be in a rotation, right? Emmanuel quickly, right? He's way he's way too overpriced. Right? Like someone that's getting minutes at least, like Tyus Jones. I mean, because these guys are just overpriced. But even those guys I could play. Like I have Jalen Noel, or I mean, let's pick anyone. Like guys that are horribly productive. I mean, minus eights. I mean, like these are these are bad guys. Pick a someone. Some minus Derek White. If I want to play Derek White at 5K, he's gonna play 26 minutes, 20 point projection. It's an awful, it's you know, awful median. For 5K. If I wanted to play him, he'll be at like almost no ownership. Like literally almost no ownership. And I just click the optimize button. 271.69. So only about eight points lower than the median optimal. I still have to play a lot of the higher price. I still have to play the popular people to make up for that projection. But this lineup in large field GPP, possibly if Derek White has a really good game. Doesn't put up 20, puts up 30. Like maybe, hey, maybe this is plus EV. I can think anyone, right? And you're like, well, how do I play a guy that's minus 7.49? How do I play a guy that's, you know, five at, you're using these guys and these, who do you play? Who No, you just, you're playing lineups. Now is Derek White at 5K going to fit into many lineups? You could probably find much higher EV lineups than the Derek White lineups. You probably you probably have to build probably twenty thousand lineups before you get to a plus EV Derek White lineup, right? Which doesn't mean you can't play that lineup. It's just that you probably have twenty thousand better lineups to choose from. But it doesn't mean this lineup can't be plus EV. Just lower. Just you probably still have to play a lot of high projected players with them. And if they're also if those high projected players are also over owned when we call it talking about GPPs, then you're in a bad spot. Because now it's like either Derek White puts up a career game or I don't know how I win first place. But there are instances in contests or whatever that taking one, you could take any player in the player pool pretty much and build a plus EV lineup around it. So that's why you're not thinking in terms of guys. What guys do I play? So I say, no, what lineups do I play? Build one lineup, then build two lineups, then build three lineups, build, build another lineup, build... Spend an entire day building lineups. Not in a lineup builder by hand. Just keep on building what you think is a plus EV lineup. Compare the projection. Keep on going. Keep on going. And I'm telling you, build 1,000. Build 3,000. Build 5,000. By hand. By hand. You'll get to 5,000 and go, I feel like I could build, build 10,000 more that I think are plus EV. And I, I tell you, you'd be probably be correct. So now it's a matter of which ones do you play. So you could build a ton of plus EV lineups. And it's just a matter of which lineups do you play. So you're playing lineups. You're not playing players. Don't play this guy. Play that guy is not DFS strategy. What we talked about today with point per dollar value and salary adjusted value is a way to set baselines so you can compare players equally to each other in a lineup. Last part is the, is the easiest thing. In a lineup. 
I'm not saying here and going, do I play Jokic or Gobert because of some, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that these are the players that are most likely from a projection standpoint will occupy a lot of your lineups. Whether or not you play the Jokic lineup or the Gobert lineup, two both lineups are both fine. I'm not playing players. I'm playing lineups. But most likely, you're going to be playing players that have high salary adjusted plus minus. In a bulk, bulk of the spots in your lineup. You may not be playing eight guys from the top 20. You're probably playing four or something, a mix of a lot of these guys in order to keep your projection up. That doesn't mean you play one guy over the other guy. That's, that DFS is not playing one person over. It's not about 1v1s. DFIC asks, how far does ceiling adjusted value stray from median adjusted value? It, depending on the, on the sport, it could. You could create your own value for that. If you have a ceiling value, like threshold that you want to create, do that. You can do that yourself. You can't do it in lineup HQ, but you can do it in Excel or something. If you say that, you know, oh, if four X plus ten is the median, and you want five X plus fifteen at ceiling or something, whatever it is, and then to judge it based on, you could do that. And if you're gonna, and if you're gonna do that, you probably probably want to also be building by ceiling projection. You can do it by floor projection. You can do it by anything. The actual threshold is up to you. A 5K player, I want to get at least 20 points from. Like, that's a pretty low threshold. But if you want to do that, that's fine. Because you're just comparing it relationally to other players. Anyway. But you always need a constant. The con- The most important facet of this is the constant. To make up for the fact that the lower salary you go, you need to make up, like, raw points. 3K player that scores 15 points is just not enough. 25, now we're talking. So how do you get to 25? Well, you're not going to say, well, you need set, you need 8X value. Because that, that means then you're going to say that uh, Giannis at, at 65 points is a horrible play because he's not scoring 80 at 10K. So you can't judge it by 8X as your threshold. So how do you compensate by that? By having the threshold that has a constant, a plus 10, 3X plus 20, 5X plus 5, 6X plus 2, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. It's arbitrary. As long as you have a constant to make up for the fact that lower salary players have too high of an opportunity cost, that they need to score more points than that. And the higher salary players don't need to score as much. So something to adjust for that. And we do it for you. That's why I'm just explaining did you need to know the entire explanation of all of this? No. But so many people ask what this RGV column is. And people talk in point per dollar and they think it's kind of the same. They don't know what these numbers mean. So I'm telling you how they mean. There, there you go. There's the lesson for today. That's what we do here. Teach. I talk about salary adjusted value in the theory of daily fantasy sports. You can pick that up. The first fundamentals masterclass, how to think like a professional DFS player. You can pick that up at theoryofdfs.com or you can just watch these shows. You watch these shows in the morning, right? Eventually, eventually, with all the questions that come in, 
Now I struck, you know, like little topics here and there. It won't be in order. It won't be structured. If you want structure, that's what the courses are for. But here we don't we don't have structure. This is unstructured learning. So feel free to submit your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. And I will cover it on the show. And hit that thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. And sign up for Rotogrinders. You can't get these numbers. Hey, if you want to learn how to arrange the numbers better than others, I'm your guy, but you need the numbers to begin with. And we do all the work for you. So sign up for a Rotogrinders premium membership, especially combo premium. You get everything. Get $10 off your first month. Click on the link in the description. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll still be talking more about projections. We've got some more projections questions coming in. Get those questions in. And I'll see you tomorrow. Because I'll be answering them Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.